You know, the last thing I would ever want to do today is just to preach another sermon. God forbid that I would ever just ho-hum, here we go, here's another sermon number, whatever. My absolute genuine heart's desire is that today we would encounter personally uh, the Spirit of God that would deposit and speak into every heart and set us up strong for 2023. Amen. So maybe you want to just put your hand on your heart or stretch out your hand. Father, here we are on the first of the first. And Lord, we just so want to know you more this year. We so want to encounter your presence. We want to know that, Father, you are the great miracle worker uh, in every situation, Lord. And so as we come around your word, Father, let revelation truth light up in every heart in the room, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I don't know if you remember, those of you who were here uh, when Rod and I first came, uh, we did a, a message called Everybody Has a Story. And uh, Sarah and Fritz and who else? I can't try, try to think who else uh, shared um, their incredible transforming story of how they came to know Jesus. Well, this morning, this is Everybody Has a Story Part 2. And so what I'd like to do this morning is um, just to really set you up strong, to forge forward into 2023. Who in the room loves a good story? Over these Christmas holidays, you may have spent some of your time watching a, a good TV drama. You may have indulged in taking the time to read the latest selling novel. Or you might have even gone to the cinema, to the movies, and watched a new release uh, that came out over the new year. For me, I love a story that has twists and unexpected turns all through the plot that produce intrigue, the unexpected. But I also, for those of you who know me well, know that I like to tell a good story. Amen. And particularly if I'm with friends that I maybe grew up with and we all start recalling stories from our past that we remember with great fondness, I suspect that um, there might be quite a few people in this room that love to tell a good fishing story. (laughs) Not looking at anybody in particular. And so uh, I have a group of friends that I grew up with in uh, what was then Hyde Park Assemblies of God in Mount Lawley. And we were all in the church youth group together. And I have two, to this day, two really close friends called uh, Rodney and Phil. Not my Rodney, who's in Children's Church now running it, a different Rodney. And uh, one night, it was a very hot summer's night, and we had uh, 
had our youth group meeting and we were all just heading home and we were in the car park and uh, Rodney and Phil were in the car park and I had one of my dad's old great big Ford cars because that's what happened when we turned 17, we got one of dad's Ford cars. And uh, of course, I didn't have any air con, and so I had all the windows wound, wound down. And I was talking to Rodney at the window, and we were chatting. I said, Anyway, look, you know, I've got to get up early tomorrow. Um, I've got to go. And he said, Okay, great. You know, so I drive out of the church car park um, and I turn right to go to the stop sign. And uh, it's very, it's, it's quite a dark, it's quite, quite dark, quite late. And out of the back seat of the old Ford, I see this figure rising very slowly up out of the back seat in a very deep, dark voice and said, Hello, Bethwin. So what I did was I slammed on my brake and I screamed so the whole of Mount Lawley heard me. And I realised, of course, that I was the victim of a prank of... Philip, who was the hello in the back, and Rodney, who was at that point crying with laughter in the church car park as he heard me scream. So that's a good story. And let me tell you, Rod, Rodney and Philip still love to tell that story. Probably embellish it somewhat by this point. But humor aside, everybody in this room has a story. And this morning, I'd like us to liken our story to a book. Each chapter of our book could represent one year and the pages in those chapters could represent the days of your life that make up each year. Well, as we've already said, today's the 1st of the 1st, 2023. And that means that we are all moving on in the story of our life to a brand new chapter full of fresh opportunities, new beginnings. And the pages in this new chapter are completely blank. And what we know already, although they are not yet written, is that some of us will experience unexpected turns, some very high highs and maybe some very low lows. But Real Life Church, the pen is in your hand and you're poised, ready to write. So as each one of us begins a new chapter in our story, how do you see yourself? How do you see yourself this year? Do you see yourself moving closer towards God? Do you see yourself really leaning in to know more of him, to feel a greater connection towards him? Or maybe... Uh, you're moving away from God. Maybe you've started the year doubting your faith. Maybe you've had some really tough things happen in 2022 and, you know, you've, you're coming in with, with caution yeah. to this year. And you know what? God's okay with that. Yeah. Maybe, in all honesty, you see yourself in a place where everything's just remains exactly the same. Same old, same old. You just keep doing what you did as a follower of Jesus in 2022 and the year before that in 2021 and the year before that in 2020. 
Maybe even today, right now, you're still stuck in the previous chapters of your own book and you keep replaying the past over and over again with regret, wishing you'd done so many things differently from your past. Or maybe today you're sitting there and you have been living your life through the opinions of other people. And it's time to start living for an audience of one. That being the Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, that this year there would be for you and for me a radical change of priority and focus. And rather than being so influenced by the opinion of our peer group or the social standing or how many likes we get on Facebook, maybe how far up we can go in getting promoted in our career, but rather that we would, as a company of believers here in this, this fellowship, in this church, that we would seek the approval of him who was and is and is to come. The one who is the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega, our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the author and the finisher of your salvation and mine. So let's have a look at what we're going into with our, our you know, clear, clear eyes Let's not be delusional. We're in a world that has huge brokenness. We have a massive worldwide drug crisis. We have mental health at an unprecedented high and suicides are on the increase. You know, it would be so easy for us to focus in there uh, on the hopelessness of the state of our planet. But I want to encourage every person in the room this morning that we have an unwavering hope in the goodness of God. And as Fritz has so beautifully shared with us this morning, that he is a father that can be trusted to keep his promises. He is completely, totally trustworthy. Hebrews 10.23, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. And then it says it like this in the NIV, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. In a world where people are not keeping their word and their promises, he is faithful. He can be trusted. So this morning, I would like us to consider three spiritual truths from God's word that will set us up and position each and every one of us uh, to start this chapter of our story strong. Are you with me? But let me warn you that these truths are not cool or funky, that there are no hip words or catchy phrases that will get your adrenaline running. You will not be able to go to YouTube and find hundreds of trending sermons on these three truths. And by the way, I can't give you seven steps to success that are foolproof. But I believe that what I can offer you this morning, if you have an ear to hear, if you are genuinely leaning in, Gut level honest to hear the heart of the Father. 
is some truths that are so powerful that if you apply them and do them, that they will unleash in you a determination to not just be a hearer of the word, but a doer also. And what I can also offer you is that the blank pages of your story yet to be written this year will be full of miracles and God encounters, divine appointments orchestrated by the Holy Spirit that you never, ever saw coming, twists and turns of the God kind that will cause you to live out your faith journey in a fresh and exciting way. Are you with me, Real Life Church? The first spiritual truth I want you to consider is found in Job 22, verse 21. Submit to God and be at peace with him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. Well, what does a dictionary say submission is? The action or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will or authority of another person. For us, submitting means putting others before yourself. It means not always doing what you want to do. It means putting God's desires above your desires. But before we unpack what the benefits are of submitting to God, let me clearly clarify what submission is not. You see... The application of submission has made many Christians feel cautious and suspicious. Unfortunately, throughout history, submission has been distorted and misused as a means of control and power. And I know that there have been Christians that have been the victim of injustice and the distortion of submission and even associated with oppression. Particularly when applied to marriage, it has been misconstrued as sexist and a justification of men abusing their wives. That is not godly submission. Amen? However, the truly biblical application of submission to God does the complete opposite and brings us into so much liberty and freedom. It sets order and direction in our everyday lives and it releases unimaginable blessings for those who apply it to their faith journey. But here's the thing. What we need to understand is that submission is a divine work. And we will only be able to submit to God's authority and his will through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah? Yeah? So to break it down quite simply so that you have a connection point this morning, submission in real terms is when you make the Lord your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil 
my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When you make the Lord your shepherd, he will lead and guide you. It says he leads us beside quiet waters. He protects you from danger. He restores you when your soul has been completely destroyed and broken. And I know that there are many in this room that have broken and wounded souls. But I want to encourage you this morning that as you submit to God and make him your shepherd, he will sustain you in the darkest valleys of your life, in the darkest of days. And in Isaiah 43, he promises, But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. You belong to Jesus. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. Amen? And what he wants to do in 2023 is supply and sustain you. Because he promises that he's going to set a table of provision and blessing even in the presence of your enemies. Does it mean it's going to be all smooth sailing in 2023? Absolutely not. Because the word of God tells us that we're going to have some bumps, some trouble along the way. But even in those times, even through the storm, even through the rain, what he does is he sets a table of provision and blessing. Yeah? So on, on one parallel, we've got all of the, the attacks of the enemy and the trials of life, but right alongside it, we've got the provision and the blessing of God happening at exactly the same time. Woo! And as we make the Lord our shepherd, we will not lose out because he promises that his goodness, his mercy... Ian, and loving kindness will follow us everywhere we go in every circumstance. I want to give you a visual picture. When I was a little girl around five years of age, I was one of those super clingy children to my mum. And I was clinging, always clinging to her skirt and was just one step behind her. And she would often refer to me as her shadow. Well, that's what God's goodness, mercy and loving kindness are like for us. We're never, ever going to get away from them. They are going to follow you all the days of your life. His mercy, his goodness, his kindness, they're going to keep following us. They're never going to leave us all the days of our life. How incredibly cool is that? Think about that. You know, I've shared this part of my story with you before, but many years ago I was in the UK and I'd gone back to the place where I had worked and ministered in Wigan. I went back for um, a very close friend who I'd lived with while I was there, her wedding. And I was in a very dark valley at that time. I was confused. I was disillusioned about what my future held. And I was in turmoil because um, I'd been offered 
uh, a, a ministry role back at the same church that I'd worked at previously and I didn't know whether I should stay in the UK or um, whether I sh- my future and my destiny was back in Australia. And I was absolutely full of fear and doubt and they were just ruling my feelings and my decisions. One night, in absolute desperation, I cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, show me clearly. Anyone done that? Show me clearly. Spell it out for me, Lord. Where you want me to live. And I did what you shouldn't do. I opened up my Bible. (laughs) And he took me to Isaiah 58, 11, and it says, He, the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Now, you all know that England could never be described as a sun-scorched land. So I submitted to God and I went home to Australia. That was in my 20s. Fast forward the timeline to nearly four years ago when I had resigned from my previous church that I had been there for 25 years. I didn't have any other church to go to, no no work to go to. And as I am leaving, I'm given this prophetic scripture from one of the pastor's wives, which I will read to you now. And I believe through the loving kindness uh, of my saviour that I am walking in this today. It's actually in a frame. It says, and please hear my heart when I share this, this is not in any way to to boast about me, it's to, to boast about God's loving kindness. For in your presence, Bethwin, will Bethwin will stand... Oh, sorry. For in your presence, Bethwin will still overflow and be anointed... Even in her old age, she will stay fresh, bearing luscious fruit and abiding faithfully. Listen to her. With pleasure, she still proclaims, you're so good. You're my beautiful strength. You've never made a mistake with me. Psalm 92, verse 14 to 15. Wow. Wow. And as I submitted and surrendered my will to his in this very difficult time, it led me on the next few chapters of my story to a company of faithful, authentic believers in the city of Gosnells at a church called Real Life Church. You may have heard of it. So... Spiritual truth number one, submit to God. Amen. The second spiritual truth I want us to contemplate is servanthood. And it's found in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 to 8. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. Rather, 
He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Servanthood will release huge blessings in your lives as you consider the example of Jesus. Because Jesus said, if you want to be great in my kingdom, learn to be a servant of all. So countercultural to this, the messages that we're getting today from our, from our planet. But I warned you that these truths are not hip or funky. They're not the newest or latest trends in our current Christian culture. You're not going to find too many contemporary Christian songs with lyrics about servanthood. So buckle up for the next challenging truth we're about to dive into. The totally mind-blowing truth about servanthood is that the very Godhead itself, the Trinity, exhibits a servant relationship. Think about that. Jesus serves the Father and he stresses that he does not do anything he personally wants to do, but he only does what he sees his Father doing. He didn't do the things that pleased himself. He only did the things that he saw his Father doing that pleased the heart of the Father. Likewise, the Holy Spirit serves the Father in Jesus and does not ever speak on his own authority. But here's the really incredibly divine thing about that whole relationship within the Trinity is that there is nothing demeaning or unfair for Jesus and the Holy Spirit to serve the Father. In fact, it works beautifully. It's very honouring. But you know, Jesus took the idea of service one step further and he clearly stated that he came to serve humankind rather than to be served and that he would go so far as to offer his own life for ours. Jesus knew exactly how to demonstrate this. He was um, very, very practical uh, in a very powerful way and what he models is something in his behaviour which is so um, confronting And he takes on a menial task of washing people's feet. Think about that. This message becomes incredibly impactful to them. And what he wants to do to those that are in the room is he wants to show them that just as he served mankind, he wants them to follow and apply his example. You see... There's real blessing in serving. But knowing it, you know, saying, amen, that's wonderful, I love that. There's no blessing in knowing it. It's in the doing. (laughs) That's the hard part. Yeah? When you don't feel like doing it. Yeah? Yeah? And your your, uh, humanity cries out, what about me? Yeah? Giving up one's rights is not something that sits well with us in the modern world. In fact, 
we are right now living in a world that is preoccupied with standing up for their rights in varying forms. No wonder we as Christians find ourselves uncomfortable at times with this truth. So what have we got? We've got submission, number one, spiritual truth. We've got servanthood, number two, spiritual truth. Can we have those on the screen? There they are. Fantastic. And finally, we have surrender. The final spiritual truth that will set you up strong this year is to release your grip, to release your control freak power, yeah, and surrender. Just going to pause right there. Give careful consideration to what it means to surrender. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Here's another one. Matthew 16, 24 to 25, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And finally... Romans 12.1, therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. I think that the most profound biblical example of surrender is the story of the prodigal son uh, returning after he's totally squandered his inheritance and done, you know, he's done living the party life. And uh, in Luke 15, it, it actually talks about how um, this is the son coming back to his father, but it's actually a picture of what it means to surrender to God. The son gives up his way of life, realizes, like, I've stuffed up badly. And what he's hoping for is that his father will have enough mercy and kindness to have him back at, at the family property. And all he's asking is just, uh, uh, you know, let me, let me be a servant. <laughs> his surrender is met with rewards beyond his expectations. He is received with open arms. He receives the lavish love of his father and a new life as a restored son. Isn't that a beautiful picture of surrender? Surrender is free falling with total trust into the loving arms of Jesus. Dying to your own will and personal agenda and giving up control. Uh, Look, I don't want a show of hands, but are there any control freaks in the room? Yeah, oh, yeah, saw that hand. <laughs> Surrender is simply saying to Jesus, Jesus, here I am. 
my response to you is a resounding yes. I say yes to everything you have in mind for me and all those I love and care about. I abandon myself to your will and purposes for my life and I trust that you will never make a mistake with me. Many years ago, uh, as I said, I was at at Life City Church for 25 years and there was a a time, a moment when I just, the Holy Spirit was really speaking to me and challenging me and I just went forward, Um, it was after a meeting and I was just standing at the front of um, the stage at Life City Church in Canning Vale and I was just saying exactly what I've just said here, yes. Lord, I don't know what it's going to look like for me, but I just say yes. I abandon myself to your will for my life. And for me, I'd done that many times before, but there are significant times, defining moments, when God just really has a serious chat with us about stuff and helps us to realign ourselves to reset, as it were. And this was a defining moment. And what happened in the chapters that followed in my life was an increase in anointing. New doors of opportunity started to open up for me. And I I can still today replay myself standing at that altar, just saying yes. Yeah, just saying yes. You see, the crux of the matter is that right now in our culture, we are surrounded by self-help anecdotes in workshops and seminars and social media. And that's that's all good. But we need so much more than that in life. We need the power of God's Holy Spirit re-energising us and helping us to be everything that we are called to be. This message this morning is a call to action. I'm not going to ask you to respond to, to come out the front today. You see, the pen for your next chapter and my, my next chapter in 2023 is firmly in your hand. My prayer is, is that we as individuals and as a, a church community submit, serve, and surrender. Submit, serve, and surrender. And as we do that by faith, that miracles will start to break out. That salvation will be the fruit of our surrender. And that our faith journey will be fresh as we seek to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers also. Can I invite the worship team to come back? Maybe in this room today there are those who have never said yes to having a personal relationship with Jesus, who have never surrendered their whole life to him. I want to ask everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes with me. 
And I want to give you that opportunity. Maybe you're here, you've been coming a few weeks, or maybe this is your very first time. And something inside of you is resonating with what is happening in the atmosphere in this, this room. And that is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about knowing Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. So if you would like to accept Jesus into your heart, please raise your hand nice and high so I can see it. Would there be anybody here this morning that for the very first time on the first day of 2023, thank you, amen, I see that hand, that's wonderful. Is there anybody else here this morning? Wonderful. Yes, thank you. I see your hand. That's wonderful. Fantastic. This is so crucial. So important. What I'd love to do is for each of us to join me as I pray this prayer of um, accepting Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Dear Lord Jesus... I invite you into my heart and life today to be my Lord and Saviour. Please forgive me of all my sins that I have ever committed and make me completely new on the inside. I accept you right now. Amen. Fantastic. That's wonderful. Now, for those uh, two fantastic people who made that decision, um, Adrian's at the back. He's going to come and chat with you. Anna Marie is at the back. She's going to come and chat with you afterwards. But what I'd love to do right now is I'd love to, for 2023, um, just declare a blessing over your life. So I want to invite you to stand right where you are Stretch out your hands. May the Lord bless you and keep you and all those you love in 2023. May the Lord find you faithful in each and every opportunity he brings into your life. May the Lord manifest his protection, health and guidance for the coming year. May you choose to seek peace in all your relationships and actively pursue it. May you experience new depths of his love through every trial and challenge that you may face in the year to come. May you know his joy, abundant provision and favour beyond measure in the coming year. I declare this blessing over every person in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen.